podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hear that? That's the sound of the 2023 Chevy Silverado's 2.7 liter high output turbo engine, delivering 430 pounds per foot of torque with no compromise durability. Impressive power. Whether you're helping friends move or just moving some friends. Thanks. This is the sound of a family with plenty of rear seat room to enjoy the ride. And most importantly, this is the sound of you heading to your local Chevy dealer today for a test drive. Find your Silverado and find new roads. Chevrolet. Hello there, guys. What is going on? Daniel Childs back here again for another show. We're nearly 24 hours from the Brentford game and... Can't say I'm surprised, but it's just so bleak and hopeless, isn't it? And I know it sounds hyperbolic, and I know it's not accurate, and it's it's something you try and avoid. I, I try not to sound like talk sport on this channel very often. But, you know, I do sit there and think, you know, Chelsea, the worst team in the Premier League, and I know that the likelihood of us actually being relegated is is probably unlikely given the points gap we have and the fact that teams below us are running out of games, but... The fact that all of the teams below us scored more goals in April than we have. It's just staggering, the failure. And, and you know, speaking to fans who were older than me, Chelsea fans who experienced when Chelsea were bad, you know, sort of hearing them say this is kind of worse because of the value or at least the the perceived value and expense on this squad over the past few years and particularly this season and how bad it is and also the the soulless nature of it makes it even more crushing and um again I, I can't say i'm surprised with what happened last night but it's just been so bleak and it's very hard as the rain pours outside from where i am right now which is very appropriate to see where things get better i know on this channel and, and this show we've been talking about Mauricio Pochettino this week and we will a little bit more today but i wonder if he's getting in his car and turning round because it is, there is so much work to be done uh, and, and it's it's going to be a big, big job. If you are new around here and, and want to help me, you know, get through the rest of this painful season, hit that subscribe button and the notification bell. I want to say a massive thank you. We did pass a new landmark on the channel, 31k subs. Um, I want to say thank you again so much. It's so humbling to have people follow the channel, to have people support the channel. The Times... I've been in Stamford Bridge uh, in recent weeks and months and people come up to me inside the bridge and say they enjoy the content. I'm so grateful for that. I really am uh, to know that there are people who go to the games. But of course, international viewers too, it's it's really humbling. So I, I just wanted to say a massive thank you for that. And hopefully by the end of this year, I think the big goal personally for me is to reach the attendance, the, the maximum capacity of uh, Stanford Bridge. That's always been kind of something in my head that I'd I'd like to reach. So uh, thank you again for your support. Let's get into, again, a little bit of the game. I, I just saw this Opta Joe stat that I had to pick out. Chelsea have lost 11 of their 26 Premier League matches since Thomas Tuchel departed. Uh, as many as they lost in their 63 games under the German between Jan 21 and September 2022. And uh, Matt Law's post-match piece kind of referred to Mauricio Pochettino negotiating hand being strengthened after Chelsea's fifth successive defeat. Uh, he says that while most managers and coaches have an agent to negotiate their contracts and deal with approaches from clubs, 
Pochettino represents himself. It is understood that the Argentine has not drafted in any of the super agents to negotiate his Chelsea deal with him and his assistant, Jesus Perez, who we spoke about in the recent show. It's understood a lawyer will check Pochettino's contract, but otherwise he will negotiate the length and value of his deal himself, which will save Chelsea a huge amount of money in agent fees. So the debate after the the Brentford game was it, should we sack Frank Lampard? Should we do a Christian Stellini, sack our caretaker interim and bring Poch in now? The logic being you give him a few extra you know, games, effectively pre-season games, if you want to look at it like that, and he, he gets his feet under the table quickly. I don't like that. I really don't. And even if after the, my sort of feeling after last night of depression of just wanting something new and fresh... I don't know what Pochettino has to gain from it. And I don't know if we're going by the assumption, flimsy assumption, sure, but assumption that Chelsea are safe and we will get enough points to survive, which is just, it's just staggering to be talking like that. But, you know, we've got to face reality this season. I don't know what benefit he gets. He's going to walk into a dressing room that is so devoid of confidence, a club that is so devoid of, of positivity, and taking up the baggage of this season, I think being separate to that, a bit like how Antonio Conte was separate to the 15-16 season, even though he was announced, I believe, in April 2016. So we knew ahead of that summer that he was coming. I think it's important that when he arrives, when we physically see him at Stamford Bridge for the first time, or you know he takes that first preseason game, we've chopped up a lot of the squad you know dead wood has effectively been thrown out and he has a much more leaner squad to work with at Cobham and in on the US tour I just think for energy he talks a lot about this positive energy I don't think you're getting that there's nothing to salvage here you have a lot of unhappy players you have a group that is is again is just so bulky and, and unbalanced and and all of those things that we spoke about this year and I just don't see the benefit what does Pochettino gain from a fixture list that doesn't look that healthy for Chelsea doesn't look that positive for Chelsea and also just the mood around the club is just so bad I, I just don't see what he gains I think if he comes in after this it's so low now that any sort of you know uptick is going to put him in a positive light so that's my opinion I just don't see the value in it if he was to come in say this weekend his first game is Arsenal away narratively yeah former Spurs coach but I, if we got dropped 3-0 in that game is that going to help him as a coach with barely any time on the training pitch I don't know what he has to gain I, I really don't I just think it's it's right for him to wait to the end of the season that doesn't mean that I you know I'm solely regretting you know wanting to see Frank back and that enjoyment lasted literally the day he came back and sentimental reasons but it it really is it, I, I look silly because it's it's the worst form of nostalgia it really is and wanting to see him come back and how bad it's been you didn't think there was a level below Graham Potter but there is and I think Lampard it is proving that with with the results no wins the none no improvement whatsoever and tactically, I thought the Brighton game was bad. I think the approach in terms of the players he's putting out it is baffling too. You know, I, I felt when Lampard came in, one of the things he, he's been able to do in his career as a positive is, you know, he is an attacking-minded coach. You know, he, he wants to play progressive football. And I thought that Chelsea would maybe look naive 
but I felt that Chelsea would maybe attack with a little bit more energy and, and that, that could excite us and, and we'd have a few more free scoring games. There's been nothing of that. And that speaks to the, you know, the the culture within the club currently and, and the players on the pitch not responding. Can't believe any coach Graham Potter, Thomas Tuchel, Frank Lampard this season, any of them want to see this level of energy, this low level of energy. You know, I'm sure he wants to inspire something, you know, but... Um, You've got to look at the team selections. You've got to look at him saying stuff in press conferences like Noddy Manawake and Mikhailo Mudrik have to earn it to get in the first team. And then you see horrendous performances from the likes of Mateo Kovacic who seem to have a, a settled place in the starting eleven at the moment. And it just doesn't add up. So that's how bleak it is. I do want to talk about second thing today uh, regards the future of Romelu Lukaku and then also Andre Onana, one of the big potential goalkeeper targets for Chelsea this summer. We have spoken a lot about striker targets and midfield targets because they're obviously big ahead of this summer. But this is from Nazar Kinsella. Chelsea keen to discuss Onana transfer ahead of Milan talks with Lukaku. Of course, half of that is is talking about what's going to happen with Lukaku. But apparently Chelsea will also discuss their interest in Onana as they target a new goalkeeper this summer. Apparently, Kepa or Mendy will be offered in a swap deal, though it remains to be seen if the Italian giants would be interested in a player exchange or would want a larger transfer fee. Brentford's David Raya and Gregor Kobo are also listed as potential targets. Um, I know Diego Costa of Porto was also listed earlier in the season. I, I like Onana. It's, it's kind of a blast from the past in a sense how long ago 2019-20 was for, for me to think about now because I remember when he was at Ajax and we played against him in the Champions League. He was one of the names listed ahead of that summer when Edouard Mendy eventually was signed right at the end of that window and he wasn't one of the names originally listed. So Inanna, I really like him as a goalkeeper. I think um, Serie A and, and talking about Milan teams, I mean, Mike Magnon at AC Milan has had an incredible season. I mean, it'd be tough to get him. I think either of those looking at Italian football, I'd be really happy with. I think Andre Inanna too has, has, has had a good career and I think uh, you need fresh energy in that position I still would keep Edward Mendy I think it's unlikely you're getting a swap deal I don't know what Milan have to gain from losing on Onana and getting Kepa Rizabalaga for instance I just I don't see what they gain from that personally I think if you match up both goalkeepers even if Onana isn't what you'd consider say the best goalkeeper in the world and kind of you know at an elite elite level at least yet in his career I think he is better than Kepa Rizabalaga and I just, I just don't see what value Inter Milan have with that so swap deals as I think Todd Bowley found out last year is is very difficult to navigate and to, and to facilitate there's just they so rarely happen in football so I think it's more likely that Chelsea would have to spend big and then try and find a buyer for either Kepa or Mendy or if they're prepared to let both of them go this summer depending on what happens with Gab Slanina who might still be too young to be thrown in by you never know what could happen with Poch I know you know his, his sort of feeling on young players and, and developing them and bringing them into the first team but uh, that in itself is an interesting one I do just want to speak about Lukaku and I definitely suggest uh, CFC Central I'm sure a lot of you guys know who he is um, runs an account on Twitter a lot of great analysis scout reports he's got a sub stack that I definitely suggest you go and read and he does a lot of stuff with London his blue pod and he done a, a brilliant Pochettino deep dive that I, I want to say was almost two hours long there's a lot of stuff in there kind of breaking down his career so far and um, one of the things later on was talking about Lukaku and his kind of opinion on reintegrating Lukaku in pre-season um, which I know is is the least popular thing a Chelsea fan could say you know to be honest uh, and I respect him for saying it 
I we've been through this number of times with Lukaku and I from a point of view I understand why someone would if you want to un- like emotionally dis- detach from the situation and you look at Chelsea striking options and you look at what Pochettino could do if he used Lukaku in a different way to say Tuchel did but there also is a very human and emotional component to that and an environment and positive energy and what next season has to be in comparison to how bad this season has been and I just worry that you know trying that experiment even if it worked all right in pre-season when he comes back to the bridge you know you know you are I just again I, I can't just I can't see a situation because what you need in football particularly at Chelsea at the current point you need to have a, an, a level of goodwill towards players which is as, as massively waned for obvious reasons this season but particularly if you're a striker and you're going to run through difficult patches and the fact that I just know there is not, none of that for Lukaku. You know, he won't be allowed to have one or two bad games. That in itself is a problem, um, particularly if you're a new head coach walking into the environment. I, I'd be interested to hear what Pochettino, who of course worked brilliantly with Harry Kane, and maybe would see Lukaku as someone he could mould into a transitional player, someone who could be used in a way that suits Lukaku a lot more than say Tuchel did and use him in that right channel and and try and get the ball in front of him a lot more I like Lukaku I think he's had a great career and I think that you know I I still like him as a player but I just I just don't see how that guy walks back into Stamford Bridge and it works well um, which is why I think it's more likely you're going to have to go into the market but that comes with its risks and that comes with its massive expenditure, which Chelsea have wasted a lot already. So it, it's it's a troubling problem, uh, uh, but I just don't see how anyone would have the stomach. And, and also, I, I keep on going back to this. I think Lukaku as a person, I'd be, I'm interested. To, I know Matt Law reported on this earlier in the week. I, I just wonder, Lukaku, given what he faced last season, um, would he want to go through that again? Does he have the stomach for that? I, I you know, it's two sides of the story. You know, I don't think anyone, uh, the majority of Chelsea fans want to see him back. And I, I'm not sure Lukaku would want to face that again. And knowing that there is that hostility there that's inbuilt that I don't think is going to go away, that he'd have to work miracles as a player to rewrite that and, and really change the perception of him. I think it's very difficult from this point. So that that's my opinion. But hopefully the goalkeeping situation is resolved. Let me know your thoughts on uh, today's show. Let me know your thoughts on Chelsea. Um, hopefully you're surviving. We do, uh, again, it's another weekend and it's a bank holiday weekend in the UK without any Chelsea football before, of course, we get to the nightmare of Arsenal. But that's next week. So at least we have another weekend without Chelsea. Um, so hopefully you guys have a good weekend i will be recording my q a uh, i got some questions uh, good questions to answer on there 31k q a special that will be out tomorrow uh, follow me on twitter at son of chelsea and i will see you again very soon all the best If you see them inside, it's probably too late. Termites, that is. Notorious timber tooth Ted and his swarm of outlaws are always on the trail to the next meal, which might just be your house. But these home wreckers are no match for Terminex. With quick draw expertise and specialized training guaranteed to protect your home. That's been the truth around here for 75 years, and it ain't gonna change. 
Visit TrustTerminX.com to keep these pesky outlaws dead or outside. Sports Social Podcast Network.